from the authors of Author Masterminds. This is Mysterious. Mystery surrounds us every day. Join us and listen to true stories of mystery, from human behavior to nature and the physical environment to paranormal experiences. The stories are true, even if we can't explain them. Welcome to the beginning of the second season of Mysterious. My name is Victoria Hardesty, and I will be your host for this episode. I'm here today to tell you some stories that abound in the deserts of California, where I live. I happen to live in the Mojave Desert, but the ghost stories are everywhere. The Anza Borrego, Sonora, and Mojave Deserts were the last hurdle immigrants found as they traveled from the East Coast to the Pacific Ocean. Many stories are told of their hardships, heat, lack of water, hostile Indians, and treacherous terrain. Miners discovered gold, silver, and other valuable minerals in the Southwest Deserts. Many stories of murders, deaths, robberies, and other wicked tales prevail. I'll tell you about a few of them. The Lady in White In the late 1850s, a young woman from the East arrived at the Biocito stage stop. She was traveling to meet her young man who'd found gold near Sacramento. She was so ill when she arrived, she had to be carried into the back bedroom at the stage stop. No one at the station knew what ailed her. It could have been bad food, the hardships of travel, or bad water. But she died shortly after arriving. Those running the stage stop went through her luggage and found a beautiful white dress among her things. A wedding dress, perhaps? They dressed her in the white gown and buried her near the station. Down through the years since, on moonlit nights, The woman in the white gown walks restlessly around the station. She never harms anyone, but her presence is disconcerting to anyone who sees her. The White Horse Ghost of Viacito. It all began with a stage holdup by four men on horseback near the Carrizo Wash on the way to the Viacito station. They managed to get away with $65,000. As the robbers rode off, the stage driver shot one of them and saw him fall off his horse. When the stage stopped where the body lie, the driver found two dead bodies. The driver assumed the leader shot one so he could keep more of the gold. The robbers stopped to bury their loot in the hills on their way to the Viacito station. They corralled their horses and went into the saloon. An argument ensued as they discussed the division of the loot. It got heated and violent before the leader decided to go out and check on the horses. When he returned, he rode his horse through the doorway into the saloon and shot his partner. As his companion lay dying, he pulled his gun and shot the leader dead. Spooked by the gunfire, the white horse turned and ran into the hills and disappeared without a trace. People say on moonlit nights, the ghost of the white horse gallops through the sand near where the robbers hid their loot. They can see and hear the white horse, 
until it disappears into the night. The Phantom Stage of Carrizo Carrizo Wash is a low spot in the road on the way to the Vallecito Stage Station, filled with deep sand. It's a challenging area for the horses or mules to pull the heavy stagecoaches through. Sometime in the 1860s, a stage from El Paso to San Diego, laden with a box of coins, headed west. The stage left with a driver and one guard. The guard became violently ill when they reached Yuma, Arizona, so the driver left him there and continued the haul alone. Along the route between Fish and Coyote Mountain, the stage reached the Carrizo Wash. Robbers killed the driver, grabbed the box of coins. They buried the coins on the south slope of Fish Mountain. It's still there. The robbers couldn't come back for it because the route had too many soldiers passing by on the trail. Late night observers have seen a phantom stagecoach as the mules pulling it struggle through the deep sand. The driver sits on the stagecoach hunched over as though he's asleep. It appears there are no passengers in the stagecoach. The stage pauses at the stop where the Carrizo stage station used to be. All that's left of it now is a pile of mud. Observers see the phantom sta stage continue on into the night. The morning after, people who see the phantom stage coast are surprised to find the ruts left in the deep sand by the wooden wheels of the coach and the hoof prints of the four mules who pulled it through Carrizo Wash. Hi, I'd like to take a pause for a moment and talk to you about one of my books. I write stories about Arabian horses and many of them are set in the high desert where I live. Freedom, Wonder Horse Book 5 is about freedom who was abused and betrayed by every human he came in contact with as a young horse. Despite his promise to his mother to grow up and become a good horse, he distrusted all humans while harboring the hope he would find his heart human someday. Nathan was born with autism. He was brilliant but lacked the skill to communicate. His parents tried many forms of therapy to help their son and couldn't find one that worked for him. He grew up isolated, passing his time on a computer, learning about things he'd never be able to do. Freedom's owner donated him to a therapeutic writing center. Nathan's mother got an invitation to a fundraiser for that center and investigated equine therapy for their son. Something finally worked for Nathan. Then Nathan met Freedom, and magic happened. Nathan wanted to ride the Tevis Cup ride, the toughest 100 miles in one day ride in the world. Freedom's previous owner conditioned Freedom for that ride before she donated him to ride another horse. Four new friends stepped up to help join the horse with the boy and help them make their dreams come true. Freedom Wonder Horse Book 5 is available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and everywhere good books are sold. Ghost Dancers at Yaki Well. Ghosts dance at Yaki Well on warm summer nights when the moon is full. 
They are said to be the spirits of three men traveling from Yuma, Arizona to California, seeking their fortunes. The three decided to take a shorter route through the desert. They arrived at Yaki Well, tired and nearly dead from thirst and starvation. When they found the well, one of the three drank as much as he could hold. Unfortunately, it killed him. The other two men drank from the well, but survived. When they moved their friend's body to bury it, the two men noticed rock pieces fall out of their dead friend's pockets. They found gold in the rocks. Their problem was they didn't know where their friend found the rocks in the first place. They became very excited about the gold, but the more excited they became, the more suspicious of each other they got. That turned into a frenzy. The two began to fight each other with their bare hands until one of them drowned the other in the muddy waters of Yaki Well. An Indian watched this all from a hill nearby. After the death of the second man, he felt safe talking to the remainder. He approached him, but the man was still so crazed as he told his story to the Indian, he went completely out of his mind and ran off into the desert yelling, gold, gold. On hot summer nights under the light of the full moon, the three men returned to Yaki Well. One climbs out of the muddy water in the well, one emerges from the brush nearby, and the third arrives on a cold breeze out of the wash. The ghosts join hands and circle Yaki Well in a dance of the dead. Not long after the dancing begins, they disappear, leaving the good waters of the well and a slight chill in the air. The Eight-Foot Skeleton Somewhere in the desert between the Superstition Mountains and Seventeen Palms, you may see an eight-foot skeleton with a lantern in his chest at night. An old prospector, Charlie Arizona, was the first to report seeing it. After setting up his camp on a dark night, he was settling down for the night when he heard his burrows making unusual noises. He got up to check on them and saw a giant skeleton with a lantern lit shining through its ribcage. He watched it hobble around as if it were looking for something. Then it disappeared over a ridge. Two years later, two prospectors had the same experience when camping in the superstitious mountains. They too saw the light flickering, but it disappeared over a ridge. One thought it looked like a skeleton with a light in its chest. Eventually, they both decided it was a reflection off a rock. A year later, a traveler came into Viacito Station telling the story of a skeleton wandering the desert carrying a light. The story got around, and the two prospectors decided to search the desert for it. On their third night out, they encountered the ghastly thing. One of them shot his gun at it. The skeleton didn't react. The two men followed the thing for three miles as it walked in a strange gait over ridges and through valleys before they lost track of it. Many people believe the skeleton is the ghost of a prospector who discovered the phantom mine, which has been lost for many, many years. Maybe the skeleton is the same as everyone else. The phantom mine is still lost, but the skeleton continues to search for it. The Harvey House Ghosts 
The Harvey House in Barstow, California, not far from my ranch, opened in 1911. It is on the National Registry for Historic Buildings. It was a hotel and restaurant for passengers on the Santa Fe Railroad line. Initially, it was a three-story building that included a restaurant and hotel, a station master's office, a ticketing agent, and facilities for railroad workers. But there were a few souls who never left the place. Rachel was one of the Harvey House girls, usually young women from the East Coast or Midwest, who came to the West for a change of scene. They wore the same uniform and were waitresses in the restaurant or maids in the hotel. Rachel was engaged to be married to a soldier who served during World War I. They were to be married when he came back home from France. When she was notified of his death overseas, she was so distraught she threw herself off a third-floor balcony. She died on impact. People regularly see Rachel walking outside the hotel along the promenade beside the tracks, smiling and friendly until she disappears. Emily was the station master's eight-year-old daughter. She often appears in visitors' photos on the stairwell to the upper floors. There's also a young boy sitting outside in early 20th century clothing with his back to the wall playing with toys from his time. One other spirit inhabits the building. An early 20th century boiler explosion in the basement killed the man who worked there. He often appears in the basement or on the stairway to the first floor, with half his head gone and a cigarette dangling from his mouth. Today, the Harvey House is used for office space. The people who work there do not linger after dark. La Llorona. This is another story from the desert southwest. La Llorona is Spanish for the weeping woman. It begins with a young girl, Maria, growing into young womanhood. She fell in love with her best friend, Cayo. He asked her to marry him and they became engaged. But Cayo fell in love with a beautiful woman named Morena. Maria, brokenhearted, visited the home of an old witch. Why are you coming to see me? The old woman asked her. Maria poured her heart out. I'm so worried about my Cayo. This woman has his attention. What should I do? The old woman said, bring me some clothes of Cayo's, bring me some clothes of Morena along with some of her hair, and bring me some of your clothes and your hair. I will take care of it for you. That Friday night, Maria gathered the clothes of Morena, she gathered the clothes of Cayo, and she gathered her own clothes and took them to the old woman. The old woman sat and made dolls and put the clothes on them. Then she asked Maria to leave. The next morning, Maria was to be married to Cayo. She was at the church, standing at the altar in her beautiful white dress, waiting and waiting. No Cayo. Maria's cousin came up to her and told her the bad news. Cayo married Morena that same morning. The witch, being senile and old, instead of tying Cayo's doll and Maria's doll together, grabbed Morena's doll instead and tied her to Cayo together for all eternity.
To this day, you can see Maria with her long flowing black hair and her beautiful white wedding dress walking through the desert, crying from a broken heart. Thank you for listening. This podcast is sponsored by Author Masterminds and the Readers and Writers Book Club. Please check the show notes for more information about the book club and my books. We'll be back soon with another episode of Mysterious. Mysterious.